The NFL Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $100 at WinBet and get a $100 free bet. Head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-I-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. I'm just about that action, boss. You have to be kidding me. That is impossible. is the NFL Gambling Podcast here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is Monday afternoon, and that means Ryan McIntyre and myself, Rod Gomez, are here to break down all of the previous day's action, or actually a couple of days' action if we count Thursday night, which I guess we are contractually obligated to do, uh, but probably shouldn't. Uh, in the NFL, <laughs> again, we're wrapping up week six for you, Ryan, buddy. This is probably a week that we want to forget, not just from the betting aspect, but from our own personal team's aspect, right? Yeah, well, I mean, we were kind of were talking before the show. We both had the Jags as our dog, and I mean, they lead for 50-plus minutes of the game and then give it up with 17 seconds to go. So, frustrating day. I had the Saints as well, so they decided to blow a nine-point lead with five minutes. So, overall, a frustra- frustrating day, but you know what? We're back at it, it coming into week number seven. Yep, I mean, it doesn't stop, so you can't stop and whine. You got to just keep moving forward. And But it was actually the day of the underdog uh, for the most part. It was just a, a ridiculous day that saw several underdogs win, and, and not just, you know, in close games. A couple of them were pretty convincing wins for the underdogs uh, and, and just a, a week of topsy-turvy football that I feel like we're just going to have to get used to seeing the rest of the season because I don't think this is going to stop anytime soon. No, and I feel like we've been backing the Packers and Bucks. Uh, I think it's about time we stop backing them because all they've done is screw us. I mean, the Packers and Buccaneers, both those teams are in trouble right now. Indeed. And and look, this wasn't even a full slate. Bye weeks started to take place. You said it before we got going. We're not breaking down all 15 games this weekend. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's nice. It, it, sometimes those 15 games, I'm like, man, I don't even remember the Thursday game because there was 14 other games yesterday. But uh, yeah, I mean, you look at the NFC, the four teams that were in the final four for the NFC last year, the Packers, the Buccaneers, your Niners, the Rams, all teams sitting at three and three with big time question marks going forward. And not little question marks either. You said it right, big time question marks. We got lots of stuff to hash out uh, for those teams, but let's just start hashing out the games as we always do and take a look at how uh, how you did maybe in the betting aspect of it. We'll start on Thursday night. I always give Ryan the option uh, to start today. I think he wants to start in this in this Thursday night game. Yes, his Washington Commanders came up victorious over the Chicago Bears. Yes, they were the favorites, I say with a question mark, because in some books they were actually <laughs> underdogs. But uh, a 12-7 to win, Ryan, a win is a win. But how yucky do you feel after this one? Hey, you know, we were 1-4 and four going into the game, so I'm not going to complain about any win, even if it means winning 12-7 to seven and it took a drop from Mooney at the end to win it. I'm... Uh, Getting a nice uh, gift from my co-host on Thursday, a nice little uh, bourbon bottle from Mr. Old Fashioned Football. So I should be receiving that for uh, this next upcoming weekend. 
But for Washington, I mean, they had it was a game they had to have, but the storyline, Wentz is going to be out a month, and it's Heineke time again. So I, I'm fired up. I like me some Heineke. Um, they got the Packers coming up, and then they got a favorable stretch, and it seems like everybody in the NFC is not out of it with how bad the conference is outside of the Eagles, Cowboys, and Giants. And here's the crazy thing about it is that, well, first of all, spring spring football enthusiasts are all about the Heineke time. We love that. Um, and yes. then, of course, what's with the camera angle showing Wentz like flapping his hand around like a, like a wet noodle? I mean, I could have done without that 15 times the rest of the night. But I guess you got to hammer the point home that Carson Wentz was not playing at 100%. But then again, Ryan, when was he ever? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, he was a warrior. I mean, he had the bicep injury, then he had the ribs, and then his finger. He even laid out a nice block on Roquan Smith uh, late in the game. So, And then he, even when Washington wins, it doesn't feel like they win because Ron's going off on the in the press conference, and then Snyder's there, and everybody hates him. Everybody knows that story, the off-season distraction or off-the-field distraction. So I guess Washington's on to 2-4, and four and they got Green Bay. For Chicago, man, that's a frustrating game to lose. J. Mark was venting to me a little bit about it. I mean, they, they get the ball down inside the 10-yard line three different times and only get seven points out of it. And what made it worse is that they could have tried to put together some sort of run had it not been for the muff punt, too, uh, at the yeah. end that, that really just gave Washington sort of the the path to a, a win. Yeah, I mean, again, if you're the, if you're the Bears, you're 2-4 and four now. Look, this is a funny thing because it's it's the story of two two and four teams. Like Washington's two and four, and they're happy because at least they're yes. not one and five, right? So, but Chicago's two and four, and they're frustrated because they felt like they were going to be a better team uh, to start the season, and so they've got a lot of stuff to work out as well on that team. Obviously, Ryan, unless you had the over under at eighteen, uh, you were not <laughs> a happy camper if you took the over on this one, which you probably shouldn't have. Yeah, no, they cashed uh, the under tickets after the first half. I think it was a different book. I forget which book it was, but they were already paying out because <laughs> over-under was, what, 37 and a half? And it was 3 nothing at the half. For the Bears, you got to be frustrated, too. I mean, three straight one-possession losses to the Giants and the week before Vikings and now Washington. So they've been on the tough side a couple times. I mean, i got to give the, the Bears credit, though. They're not just laying down. They're, they're at least competing for Eberflus and that coaching staff in year number one. Yeah, and it, again, it's just going to take fields more. It, it just, I don't, I'm frustrated because gone are the days where you can actually bring a quarterback along. Like, we expect these quarterbacks mm -hmm. to be able to be Hall of Famers right from the second they step on the field, and if they're not, they're busts. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I did the same with Trey Lance, but I, I still feel like Trey Lance deserves more maturation. Like, I don't think that they should be seeing the field this early, but that's neither here nor there. Um, and, and hell, you could even say the same about some of these veterans, right? Like Carson Wentz. Maybe he deserved a little more maturation before yeah. he took the field. Yeah, no, the days of Carson Wentz in D.C. might be done. I mean, it's if Heineke takes the reins again and they catch lightning in a bottle like they've done last year and then the year before in the playoffs, I mean, he I don't think he's going to give the job back. Well, maybe he shouldn't give the job back. Maybe we need to go full Heineke and, and bring it to the – to the DC area. You're right. But uh, again, lots of, lots of stuff to be hopeful for, I guess, going into the future. If you're Washington, just to kind of build yourself back up Chicago, a lot of questions. Don't know what they got to do from here to get better. But uh, I tell you one team that wants to get better and get better quickly. That's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They fall in Heinz field to the Pittsburgh Steelers 
20 to 18 in a game that saw the Pittsburgh Steelers in some places as 11 and a half point underdogs. Not only did they cover this, but they smashed that spread wide the hell open with the outright win. They are now two and four, a lot like the Washington Commanders, a happy two and four, uh, whereas the Tampa Bay Buccaneers fall to three and three. And look, not to beat up and pile on Brady, but when you have distractions, outside of the field when your mind is not right maybe he shouldn't have come back if he was going to be this distracted on the field this is not the season he foresaw coming back to in 2022 no and this was uh the close your eyes special on the main station by ryan and sean uh the steelers coming off the absolute embarrassment in buffalo proud organization i was on it as well so i was i'll pat my back on this one it was one of my few wins yesterday so i'll, I'll take the credit for this one but yeah no the steelers they found a way Pickett looked good early but then he gets knocked out with the concussion you got to give mitch trubisky the vet credit staying ready coming in and then he goes what uh nine to 12 for 140 yards and a touchdown made a had a couple big time throws to keep brady on the sideline late and then for tampa man there's big time question marks that offensive line everybody saw the video go viral brady's ripping his offensive line's ass they can't run the ball with Fournette. so i this team is searching for an identity right now kind of like green bay it's not the same team that we expected to see. This is not the team that we thought was going to make it no. to the NFC Championship and and battle for a, uh, another Super Bowl berth. But, yeah, I mean, they got to figure something out quick. And and honestly, look, I get it that the, it's the offensive line, but this is Brady's team. This has been Brady's team from the second that he set foot in it. So it's a matter of now he's got to put it on his back, right? Because he came back to this. He came back for this reason. It's his turn. It's got to do this. Yeah, and I didn't think it was the best look for Brady to miss the walkthrough going to Kraft's wedding, I know, and he didn't travel with the team. I know it's a personal thing, and it's just a little thing, but with the team that has a lot of distractions right now, including the quarterback himself, it's, things are just adding up, and you could tell that team is not together right now on the field. This is a game Brady has never lost. He, he doesn't lose to the Steelers, yet alone an inferior Steelers. He never lost to the Steelers when they were loaded, yet alone when they're 1-4. and four. Yeah, and it's frustrating if you're a Tampa Bay fan because you, you want this to be a better team again. You know this is going to be a better team, and then... Pittsburgh comes out. They're one and they're one and four on the season. Like you said, they're they're having their own troubles. They're led by a rookie quarterback now. Their veteran quarterback was not effective enough, and they just come out and get stomped. So, uh, well, I wouldn't say stomp, but for for Tampa Bay, it feels a 2018 game feels like a stomp. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean it, the score. The, Pittsburgh's not going to stop anybody, like you said, with with how limited they are offensively. But just they dominated the game. They led from what they led wire to wire. Tampa Bay never had a lead, and they did not hit the over under. By the way, it was a thirty eight point game. The over under set about forty six and a half is where the best line for it was. So this was nowhere near the over. And I don't know that I would I would have expected this to go over anyways. Just with Tampa being frustratingly bad. And, and obviously, we know Pittsburgh's offense hasn't been the best. So there's still a road for a above 500 season for the Pittsburgh Steelers now. Uh, so hopefully they get that. I, I'm always pulling for uh, him to or for for coach to not go five or under 500 because that's such an impressive record for a coach. 
Yeah, Tomlin, I mean, he embraces this underdog role. We read off all the stats over all our stations whenever he's a dog, especially when he's a home dog. So he's always he always finds a way to get everything out of that team. And it'll be interesting. They go to Miami now to his first game back. Can they get make it two in a row now? That'll be interesting. And and is Tua good enough to come back and feel better and play a hundred percent? That's that's really what it all comes down to. So uh, yep, lots of questions. Hey, hey Rod, you, you know the Steelers are only one game out of first place in the AFC North? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I equate that a lot like the East Division in the in the Canadian Football League. You can still win that division and be under 500, and it's just it just leaves you scratching your head all the time. That's the NFL this year. You win a game, and it's like, hey, man, we're only one back. We're right in the hunt again. <laughs> Nobody's running away from anybody right now. We're still in the mix, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, all right, we'll still be in the mix when we come back from the break, but let's step away for a second to pay a couple of bills because that's just the way we stay on the air. Come back, we'll keep breaking down the rest of the games, but before we do, let me ask you, you thinking of joining WinBet? Well, it's the perfect time because new customers who bet $100 get a $100 free bet plus. The WinBet Casino is always open 24 hours a day. You can get a 100% deposit bonus up to $1,000. Are you looking to join WinBet's biggest winner's club? Yeah, you are. Whoever hits the biggest parlay on WinBet odds-wise gets a $1,000 free bet. WinBet is truly hashtag DGENs only. So much to choose from. All you got to do, head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet so they know that we sent you. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-I-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Offer subject to change terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Well, it was absolutely close if we're talking about that AFC North for the defending AFC champion Cincinnati Bengals as they took on the New Orleans Saints in New Orleans and actually pulled out the road win. 30 to 26, the Bengals came back, man. That was uh that was a rough one. 13 seconds, right? They they score that final touchdown and then uh hold the the um the steel or the Steelers. Hold the Saints. <laughs> We just got done talking about the Steelers. Held the Saints uh, to to uh, a turnover on downs. Oh, that was a close one. I mean, if you're a Bengals better, you were you were sweating that one. And in fact, they did cover the three point spread or three and a half point spread, depending on where you found it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the Bengals are a three and three team, and they're probably happy right now that they're three and three because they could have been worse. Yeah, no, and I touched on this one already. The frustrating one, if you were on the New Orleans side, this could classify as, I guess, one of the bad beats of the weekend. They lead the entire way, then give it away right at the end on the Jamar Chase long touchdown. It kind of felt like the Bengals of last year where they're down the whole way and then they just make a play or two, and boom, just like that, they take the lead in dramatic fashion. Jamar Chase was awesome. Seven catches, 132 and two touchdowns. And it was good to see Joe Burrow and uh, Jamar Chase back in uh, New Orleans where they won the national championship for LSU. Well, it was also nice to see them connect the way they did. Like you said, uh, Joe Burrow, three touchdowns on the game. That was fantastic. Uh, Mixon, only 45 yards on the ground. So this definitely had to be a, a game in which uh, Joe Burrow needed every bit of those 300 yards to pull out that win. Andy Dalton on the other side of that, 17-32, 162 yards and a touchdown. A very Andy Dalton-like performance uh, out of him. Uh, again, going forward, I don't know what the answer is at quarterback for these Saints. Yeah, it's tough times for New Orleans right now. I'm looking at their uh, schedule. I mean, they lost four out of five. 
all four games outside of the Buccaneers ones by one possession. So they could easily be three and three or even four and two, but they just haven't been able to close out these games like the game in London against Minnesota and this one. They need it. They need to right the ship, and they got a big one Thursday against another team that's struggling in in Arizona. Indeed, uh, over betters were happy. The over under was forty two and a half. This, of course, reached fifty six points. But to be honest with you, I'm not sure that uh, forty two is a low number as it stands because New Orleans was scoring some decent points, and Cincinnati we know can just throw them up, which is proof positive that they did thirty points this weekend. So um, definitely never in question. I guess the question is now, uh, Cincinnati, are they going to hit their stride now? Is this a game in which they've, they've, distur- they've figured out that they can do this? Or, I mean, are they still going to stumble the rest of the way through? You know, I was sick of the same thing as you were asking the question. I mean, they get to 3-3 three and three coming off a, a tough road lo- or a divisional road loss at Baltimore. So this was a big, this was a gut check win for them. And they got Atlanta on deck, who all they do is cover the spread. So they're a machine right now. But And then after that, they got Cleveland. So a big stretch at, at Carolina right after that. So it's a favorable schedule for them right now. And maybe the Bengals start pulling away a little bit in this north. It seems like the Ravens just continuously blow uh, double-digit leads in the fourth quarters of these games. Yeah, definitely frustrating for the Ravens. But again, as a Bengals fan, you were probably happy to watch the Ravens do what they uh, did, what they do what they did, do what they did. Yeah, anyways, you're happy to watch the Ravens lose uh, and, and basically know that that your guys are still in the mix. Like you said, three and three is in the mix in pretty much most of the NFL at this point. It's just everywhere. A, it's a crazy world we're living in. No one's really pulling away except for the Eagles, of course. Uh, but yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, Cincinnati's not the question. The question is New Orleans. I mean, you, you touched on it a little bit. I don't know what to do with New Orleans going forward. I really don't. This is going to be a tough. It's just going to be tough to see where they're at because I don't. I don't see them being favorites anytime soon again. No, and, and like like we said, they're two and four, but they're only one game back in their division, and Tampa's not running away with it. And to be honest, Atlanta might be the best team in that division right now. I can't believe I'm saying that, but like from what I've seen over the last couple of weeks, and I'm sure you'll agree, Atlanta's has been the most impressive team. The Fighting Mariotas. That's that's what I'm yeah. going to call them now, the Fighting Mariotas. It's definitely not Carolina, I can tell you that. <laughs> oh, Carolina <laughs> will tell you that too. Uh, <laughs> speaking of of somebody who might be returning back down to whence they came, uh, not not Carson Wentz, but where they came. Uh, that is the Jacksonville Jaguars now on the wrong end of a two and four record as they just got beat by the Indianapolis Colts. Who gets beat by the Indianapolis Colts anymore? Well. Uh, Jacksonville falls to two and four. Indy improves to three, two and one after a thirty-four to twenty-seven win. Uh, they cover their spread, whether it was a point, whether it was two points, whether it was didn't even matter, whether it was six points. At that point, they covered that spread as home favorites there. So Jacksonville, man, there's a lot of explaining to do over there in Jacksonville as they they started out looking like they could be somebody. And then they quickly remembered they were the Jacksonville Jaguars. So I guess now, what do they do, Ryan? What 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 do the Jacksonville Jaguars do to get some confidence back? Tough times right now in Jacksonville. You lose three straight one possession games, and that's why you can't lose a game like they lost last week, where you lose to Houston at home. Because then all of a sudden you got to go back on the road. Next thing you know, you got a three game losing streak just like that because you drop a home game that you can't drop. So, I mean, the Jaguars, I think they're still better than their two and four mark. 
they they're just young and they're losing. They're finding ways to lose games lately. So I, but I, I'm going to still back them going forward. I think this is a kind of a 500 ish team. I think. And then for the Colts, they're three two and one. I don't know how the hell they ever win. They are the ugliest three two and one team I've ever seen in my life. It seems like they never have had a lead all year until like the very very end, where they beat the Chiefs at the very end. They beat everybody remembers the Broncos game on Thursday night, and then yesterday they take their first lead with seventeen seconds. So ugly team. Yeah, yeah, and this was an ugly game as far as just if you were a Jacksonville fan. It was actually an entertaining game from the aspect that, you know, look, whatever, the over-under on this one was 40 and a half. Uh, they definitely crossed that and then some uh, with their 34-27 score. So uh, the, the, the line odds makers weren't expecting a very uh, high-scoring game or very entertaining game, really, by all rights and accounts. Uh, but instead, you actually got one. I mean, there was scoring in every quarter. Uh, basically, and so that always makes it for a, a good game. And then, what is it, 21 points in the last quarter? So, again, a good game overall. But, yeah, this mm -hmm. Indianapolis Colts team just feels like Matt Ryan may have them scrappy enough to be competitive. I, I almost laughed when I said that, but it feels true. Yeah, and you you know we got to give Matt Ryan some credit. I mean, he throws for almost four hundred yards and three touchdowns. He was pretty good yesterday for Matt Ryan. I just almost like his old beginning days of of the Atlanta Falcons. Fifty eight pass attempts though, Ryan. I mean, I hope you can. I hope you could for, throw for three hundred eighty nine yards, throwing the ball fifty eight times, completing forty two of them. Yeah, they didn't even try and run the ball with Jonathan Taylor and uh, Hines out, so. I mean, shout out to, to, to the Colts with uh, Frank Reich. Find a way to get to 3-2-1 without their best player. Indeed. Well, Deion Jackson did step in semi-admirably, I suppose, for uh, the J, uh, injured JT, 12 carries, 42 yards. Did get a touchdown. So uh, I heard some folks saying uh, Deion Jackson now instead of JT, which is foolish, but whatever. Yeah, <laughs> I did hear that, yeah. No, that's I, that's not correct. <laughs> does, does everybody just like to do that? Is that is that fun? Is that fun to just say now now we're done with JT? He's got hurt for a little bit. He wasn't all that productive beforehand. Fire up Dion Jackson. Yeah, no, people love to overreact, and it it really is a week to week league in this NFL. That's why DFS is as popular as it is. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> Uh, all right, let's move on to a game that was probably should have been closer than it was, and this definitely was not. New England going into Cleveland, walking away with a 38-15 to 15, uh, win. They were three-point underdogs in this, or two-and-a-half, depending on where you were at. But let me tell you right now, it is it wasn't even that close at all, ever. Uh, it was New England just killing it until just about the end where Cleveland finally got nine points in the fourth quarter. But uh, Bailey Zappi is a name. <laughs> now. The Zap Show, yeah, the Zap Show is rolling on. And uh, two in a row for New England, they look good. And, you know, everybody kills Matt Patricia and Joe Judge. They got that offense rolling these last couple of weeks. That running attack with uh, Stevenson, I mean, it's rolling right now. Now for Cleveland. Okay, we said this last week. Can you please run the ball with Nick Chubb? How does that guy only get 12 carries? 12 carries yards. for 56 yards. I mean, you are not winning any games with Jacoby Brissett attempting 45 passes. No, not even close. I mean, look, Chubb broke off an 18-yarder, was his longest run of the day, but only gets fed 12 times. You need at least 20 touches for Nick Chubb if you're going to. And now, was that a, was that a product of 
maybe the Patriots stopping that run. I don't think so. You still got to feed it to him depending on, yeah. you know, it doesn't matter at this point. You just got to keep giving him the ball. Yeah, no, he's your horse. I mean, he's your only way you're going to score. And then I'll go to the next guy. How does Kareem Hunt only get four carries? Oh, don't get me started on Kareem Hunt. I'm I'm yeah. bitter about that. I had a prop for him in any time touchdown prop, and you don't get him. You don't get in the end zone if you don't get the ball. No, I don't I don't know what the game plan is. In, in Cleveland was yesterday. I mean, they target Amari Cooper 12 times and they only catch it four. He was that they seem trending in the wrong direction. Both these teams are going in opposite directions. New England, Bill Bell, the news flashed everybody. Bill Belichick didn't forget how to coach. He's got that team moving in the right direction and their schedule is favorable coming up. They got um, Chicago next week on Monday night. After that, they got the Jets uh, twice and then they got the Colts. So favorable schedule before uh, New England's got to play Buffalo. Yeah, and this is another three and three team that has a shot, right? I mean, this is another three and three team that they. I don't know that they thought they would be three and three at this point. Well, maybe they did, but a lot of people probably didn't, just given the fact that you know, uh, with uh, Zappy at the at the helm, there's a lot of question marks there. Yeah, man. I mean, Bill Belichick can turn just uh, probably me or you into a Super Bowl winning quarterback at this point. He's a machine, man. He really is. That's the the hoodie is he's still rolling, man. He's not going anywhere anytime soon. I I thought the Patriots going into the year, I kind of was on an island with this that the Patriots were going to be a playoff team. I feel good about it. I think they're going to scratch and claw and get that seventh seed out in the AFC. I think I had them over eight and a half wins or somewhere around nine wins. I feel better about that mm-hmm. now than I did to start the season. So uh, definitely, yes. yeah, definitely feel good about that. Um, all right, let's move on to the uh, another underdog win. Man, again, all these underdogs pulling it out this weekend. The New York Jets going to Lambeau Field. Woo, it's green on green crime, folks, as the Green Bay Packers are now 3-3. Three and three. But the New York football Jets are 4-2, and two, beating their eight-point uh, underdog spread. 27-10 win over the Green Bay Packers. Um is Aaron Rodgers in the Tom Brady boat as far as why did I come back for this? Yeah, I this they might have bigger question marks in Tampa. I mean, they they look awful right now. They can't block, they can't get open, and their defense isn't playing well either. But you know what? Enough with the Packers right now. We we can talk about them later. Let's give some credit to the New York Jets. Winners of three in a row. Um, they go to Pittsburgh, get a win. They beat down the Dolphins by three touchdowns last week, and then they go to Lambeau to top it off and, and win 27-10 in convincing fashion. They dominated that game from the beginning. They certainly did. Of course, now let's let's give credit where credit's due as well. This was Brees Hall's world. 20 carries, 116 yards, mm-hmm. and a touchdown. Zach Wilson, 10 completion. He beats the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers completing 10 passes. Four, 10 yards apiece, no touchdowns, 73.8% quarterback rating. Ryan, what the hell's going on? I, you know, hey, they, they didn't ask him to do too much. They said, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And they just kept handing the rock to uh, Brees Hall. And then that defense just dominated the Packers' offensive line up front. Rodgers was under duress the entire day. Now Rodgers is banged up as well with his thumb from uh, London, and then he got hit again at the end of the game. So things are not looking good in uh, Green Bay Lambeau right now. 
What I love is uh, what was it? Sauce Sauce Gardener, right? That's that's the guy's yeah. Taking the cheese. Yeah. Well, first of all, taking the cheese head. I thought that was pretty funny. But the second thing is that he at his afterwards uh, interview it was like, "Hey, man, they picked us. They had the chance to not play at all and take their bye week after this, but they wanted us. They've specifically picked us, and and we they thought they were going to get the same old Jets, and they didn't get the same old Jets. They got that. No. No." So they probably should have taken that bye week after the the London game instead of choosing to lose to the New York Jets, who again are now four and two and they're rocking right now. Yeah, and they go to Denver here. They're going to catch Denver on a short week coming off this Monday night game. We'll see what happens. But uh, yeah, no, these are not the same old New York Jets. This team is. I think they're going to push for a playoff spot. Well, and it's scrappy. I mean, just that's really what it boils down to. These guys are just scrappy. They're not putting up gigantic plays. They're not, you know, lighting up the the highlight reel. They're just putting together enough. They're doing enough to win games, which is, I suppose, if there's a New York Jets attitude out there, that's that's pretty much it, yeah? Yeah, they're a reflection of their head coach, Robert Salas. He's got that team believing, and they're, like you said, they're scrappy. They play hard. And they play together, and they're good on special teams. They block a punt for a touchdown as well. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Like, that's that. Well, of course, us us uh, Niner fans know all about Salah and that, you know, way he did the defense for us. In fact, his, his footprint is still there uh, pretty much as far as the way they approach the defense. So if you can have a whole team with that sort of attitude, this is what yeah. you get. You get the 4-2 New York Jets as they head into week seven in the NFL. And you Niner fans also know about Green Bay getting punt blocks in critical situation in the playoff game last year. So it kind of felt like deja vu watching that punt, uh, the, them get penetration right up the middle and block that punt. I was like, wow, that felt like the Niners all over again. Ah, you got to love that too. Although we'll talk about that and if, that feeling and how quickly that can evaporate here in a few more <laughs> games. But let's turn on to another uh, underdog that won the day. And that is, of course, our boss, uh, Mr. Ryan Real Money Kramer. Uh, his New York football giants go in and beat the Baltimore Ravens 24-20. to New York, the Giants, five-and-a-half-point underdogs in this game, come out winning by four. Just a fantastic performance by these guys as far as just being able to stay gritty. I know that this was – I don't want to say it's more Baltimore – losing this game than it was the Giants winning it. But look, man, you got to do the whole thing to, to pull out a win. And, and the Giants did. They put themselves in the right. It's like Cody and I, we talk about this on the racing show all the time. Sometimes you just got to put yourself in the right position at the end of the race to suffer or to, to benefit from somebody's mistakes. That's what the Giants did. And guess what? They ended up winning. Yeah, no, I got to stop betting against the Giants, man. They they just keep burning me right now. They're five and one ATS, five and one overall. I mean, I, I can't. You can't say that this is a fluke. I mean, they go to London, beat the Packers, they come back and they find a way on short week, like you said, with the travel spot, and they beat the Ravens and come back from ten points. They're a team that seems to always make the second half adjustments with Brian Day. But what is this? This is their fourth now comeback in the second half. Um, coming back from a halftime deficit. So, obviously, he's got that team believing. Daniel Jones is doing good work as a game manager in that role. And, I mean, this is a renewal of Saquon Barkley's career, and he's he's been awesome. Yeah, and really, again, it, when, you, when you're winning, 
and you're not the team that's gained the most yards or even looked the best the entire game, it doesn't have to be pretty. It just has to happen. Mm-hmm. And and that's exactly what's going on with the Giants right now. It's not pretty, but they're making it happen. So, um, you know, kudos to them for being able to stick around and win games. They, they withstood Kenyon Drake. They withstood Lamar Jackson. Like, this team at 5-1, and one, if they can continue to just put themselves in the right positions toward the end of these games, they could be fighting for the, uh, the, the division as well. Yeah, no, that and Lamar, a couple bad mistakes down the stretch, the fumble, the interception. You know, I'm going to make a comparison here. This kind of feels like you, you, you'll you uh, remember this when the Niners brought Harbaugh in and he kind of helped Alex Smith revive his career. It feels the same way with the Giants with Daniel Jones, turning him into a game manager. He's not turning the ball over as much, just like Alex Smith with Harbaugh uh, once upon a time about 10 years ago. Yeah, I remember that transition too, and that was basically just uh, give, just let Alex Smith do what he's better at doing, and that's finding the playmakers. Don't don't ask him to be the playmaker, but find the playmakers, yes. get them the ball, and, and to continue on that direction. It worked for a while. I mean, you know, as an Alex Smith fan, you, you know that you saw good play, especially when he went to Kansas City for a little bit and, and uh, how much the Chiefs loved him as well, so... Um, mm-hmm. Definitely works. Uh, all right, so look, I, I'm I'm definitely excited about the Giants. Baltimore's three and three. Uh, I don't know, man. They're they're definitely disappointed to be three and three right now, but they're not out of it. No, they're in first still. But I mean, schedule gets a little tough here coming up. Cut a couple road primetime spots in Tampa and New Orleans, so it's going to get a little tricky. They got, they got Cleveland on Sunday. They they got to get back. They got to find a way to finish games. Yeah, and if they don't, then they will be basically dead in the water. I mean, they got a lot of high hopes, but they've just got to figure out how to put it all together. Um, so, mm-hmm. All right, we'll talk about uh, another team with high hopes uh, coming into the next part of this season. After the break, let's step away for a second and tell you about... Tell you about this. No House Advantage. No House Advantage is changing the game by offering the most dynamic fantasy sports platform available today. Play pick'em contests versus other people for the shot at winning $250,000 or more in cash. Download the app, choose a contest, select your player prop, earn points for correct picks, and climb the leaderboard for your shot to win big money every single day. You can also test your skill versus the house 20 times your entry if you hit all of your picks. Bet on up to five player props over under or individual player matchups across every major sports league, including the NFL, NBA, MLB, PGA, MMA, and NASCAR. You go sign up now with promo code SGPN at nohouseadvantage.com or download the app on the App Store. You get a first deposit match up to $25. Make sure to check out No House Advantage today and experience daily fantasy sports redefined because it's not just how you play, but also where you play, and you won't want to miss out on this. If you're like me, there's a foreign language that you regret not having learned in school or from your grandma or from your grandpa or from that person that was willing to teach you, but you were like, nah, I'm good. But you know what? It's never too late to start with Babbel. Babbel's the language learning app that sold more than 10 million subscriptions. And thanks to Babbel's addictively fun and easy bite-sized language lessons, you can finally cross learning whatever that new language is off of your list. You know, I've taken lessons on Babbel before. Very simple. I'm a podcast guy. Listen to podcasts, and it definitely helps me to get where I'm going. Still not there yet, so don't ask me to speak Spanish. Uh, But then again, it hasn't been three weeks. So ask me later. 
With Babbel, though, you only need 10 minutes to complete a lesson so you can start having real-life conversations in a new language in as little as three weeks. The other learning language apps, they use AI for their lesson plans. Who uses computers anymore? Babbel lessons were created by over 150 actual language experts and they were voiced by real native speakers, not computers. Teaching method has been scientifically proven to be effective and with Babbel, you can choose from 14 different languages, including Spanish, French, Italian, German, whatever it is you want. Plus, Babbel's speech recognition technology helps you improve your pronunciation and accent. So many ways to learn with Babbel. Like I said, you can have podcasts, there's games, there's videos, there's stories, there's even live classes. Plus, it comes with a 20-day money-back guarantee. So start your new language learning journey today with Babbel right now. Get up to 55% off your subscriptions when you go to babbel.com slash SGP. That's babbel.com slash SGP for up to 55% off your subscription. Babbel, language for life. We continue on down the slate as we move to the Minnesota Fighting Vikings. Kirk Cousins and company going to Miami and beating the Dolphins 24-16. to uh, Minnesota was actually the three-point favorite, three-and-a-half-point favorite, depending on where you were getting your lines from uh, in this game. So, obviously, covering their spread. And, and really, again, even as road favorites, we understand why Miami's still without Tua. And, of course, Minnesota is just that much of a juggernaut at some times. But, but Ryan, this game was not as easy for Minnesota as they should have. Kirk Cousins, 20 of 30, 175, two touchdowns. But... This was a rough one. Teddy Bridgewater almost made magic happen for the Dolphins. Yeah, no, and this is a game where that the Vikings have lost in the past, where they have no business losing this game, and then they find a way to just give it away at the end, Kirk Cousins. But you know what? This These Vikings seem different this year. Instead, they're actually winning the close games, four straight one-possession wins. They've got a, a g- couple good breaks with the schedule, like you said. No two uh, a couple weeks ago. They play Andy Dalton in London. They snuck by the Lions and Bears, but you know you got to give credit where credit's due. They're five and one overall, uh, just two and four against the spread, so they haven't been kind to uh, us betters. But they're heading into the bye five and one. They are, and of course, this was a a forty five and a half point spread. Uh, only hit forty exactly, so definitely not good for the under or the over betters either. Um, which I don't know, Ryan, where, where, where did you lean on the over-under on this one? Because I, I think I would have gone under. I didn't bet it, but... Under just because of the quarterback question marks in Miami. I thought Skylar Thompson was actually in a pretty good groove to start the game, but then, of course, he gets injured. It seems like everybody that plays quarterback in Miami gets injured now. So, And, and then, the, like you said, the Dolphins were right there to win the game. They're down six. Jalen Waddle catches the ball in the red zone and then just drops it. Yeah, that was fumble, tough. and then yeah, I mean that was that was a backbreaker, and then Minnesota puts the game away with Dalvin Cook. So I mean, frustrating times in Miami after starting three and zero. Now you're three and three, but to get to a back this week, and the schedule's a little soft going forward. So maybe they can right the ship a little bit there. They can, but can Minnesota keep this thing going? That's the question. Yeah, no, Minnesota's going to be interesting. Uh, the schedule gets a little trickier coming out of the bye. I know that Arizona's not very good and Washington's not b- very good, but you got to go to Buffalo. You got Dallas. You got New England. Uh, I guess you got to throw the Jets in there as a tough game now. So, I mean, we'll see. I, it seems like Minnesota usually starts pretty well and then fades a little bit, but these, there's something different about this Vikings team, I guess, with Kevin O'Connell in charge. Yeah, well, I mean, their record reflects it. Five and one right now is is a good place for Minnesota to be. I think they take that 
over anything else at this point. So, uh, yep, definitely have to keep an eye on them going forward. Well, you know, Ryan, we get to the point where uh, I'm going to end the show now. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I know which game's next. Yeah, it is. It is the San Francisco 49ers going into the Dome to take on the Atlanta Falcons and the Fighting Mariotas. San Francisco just did not have it. They are 3-3. Three and three. Atlanta is 3-3. Three and three. Atlanta wins 28-14 to 14 in this game. And, well, look, for us, we said it. Right, we always said that we've we've taken Atlanta to cover just about every single week that we've talked about opening yeah. lines. They always open it at, at lines where we're like, "Why Arizona's going to cover?" Well, I think we said this two weeks ago, where even though I thought Niners going to win outright, we thought Atlanta was going to cover. Well, not only did they cover their three and a half point spread, but they did win outright. So uh, Atlanta just continues to cover, man. Yeah, and like you said, we gave this out plus six and a half weeks ago, and it went off close to, what, three and a half, I think, is what you locked it in at. So, I mean, it was a tough situation for the Niners situational-wise with all those injuries, 10 starters being out. But they they, they did not play well. I mean, they, they just they got hit in the mouth. There was no other way to put it. Maybe looking ahead a little bit to Kansas City next week, I guess. But I mean, they, these Falcons, man, they just continue to cover and then they're winning these games now. I mean, they're not just covering, they're winning these games outright as dogs. And what is even the most frustrating about it is you're right. They got hit in the mouth, 14 points right off the bat. It just seemed like yes. they were playing down right from the start. And then of course, to go into the half 21, 14, we were like, yeah, cool. Let's, let's go. Right. You know, you thought, well, okay. Uh, we, we've got something to, to look forward to. Well, then they came out flat in the second half, literally just fell flat in the second half. Couldn't get anything done. Couldn't score any points. All Atlanta needed to do was put up one more touchdown to really ice the game away. And they did. So, I mean, I don't know. Kittle, the leading receiver for Garoppolo, uh, eight catches, 83 yards. Debo got nothing done. Uh, Jeff Wilson, 25 yards, seven carries. We talked about the identity of this team being a running team. Uh, well, at least me and Munaf did on the prop cast. And when you can only re, you know get 25 yards from your, your main back, you ain't doing much. Plus, he put the ball on the carpet early obviously, which set up that second touchdown. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, this was a rough one. I guess you have to learn through adversity, but it sucks. Yeah, and it doesn't get any easier going forward. I mean, you've got Kansas City coming off a loss as well. So big one going back home, back to the West Coast. Three and three, and we, like we touch on it, everybody seems to be three and three or two and four in this league right now. It's going to be interesting in that NFC West. It, it's, the Rams are not playing well. They seem like they're not a very good team. It's It seems like it's the Niners' division to win, but they haven't played well in a couple games now. Now, and and you know what? Who was it that was saying that they were watching? Oh, Tom Brady was complaining about watching uh, bad football, right? Because that, that's why everybody was like 2-2 two and two or, or something like that. Well, Speak for yourself. <laughs> I was about to say, buddy, you should not be talking about bad poor football at three and three because yeah i mean look we're watching some competitive football i'm i'm gonna say that because there's a lot of teams that are three and three that we didn't expect to be three and three uh so i think this is more competitive football than it is bad football yeah and i think like in years past or not not like years past the bottom is not as far down as it has been in the past i mean who's the worst team well carolina's really bad they're about the only one that's really bad but Houston, the Atlantas, the Seattles, the both New York teams, 
in Washington and Chicago, like they're all competitive with these teams. It seems like, and then on the top, it's not as high as it's been outside of maybe Buffalo. It's may, and then Kansas City, maybe everybody else. It's like within one possession. It seems like whenever they play. Yeah, I mean that's that's. I think going forward, I want to see if that's how it stays. Honestly, it just feels like this yes. is this is either going to bust wide wide open over the next couple of weeks, or it's going to stay this competitive all season long and give us fits. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, but let's move on to a team that definitely won't give us fits and we can, we can take any team playing against them probably for the rest of the season. And it is of course the Carolina Panthers, as you were talking about early, they lose to the Rams 24 to 10 in LA, Ryan, Just to paint the picture for you, this, this team was a nine and a half point underdogs, Carolina going in closed at about 10 or, or 10 and a half, depending on where you could find it. If you could find 10 and a half, you were probably good anyways. Uh, Lose by 14, not even close. Uh, but Carolina, man, they are a mess. And now people are starting to wonder how long Christian McCaffrey is going to want to stick around there. Yeah, and Robbie Anderson got traded today. Uh, he got in a fight with this coach, and then they shipped him off to Arizona. This is the worst team in the NFL. I don't think it's much of a debate anymore. I mean, I, I took him plus the 10 because I'm like, if this is the one spot they're going to get up, new coach Matt Rule fired. And Rams, the Rams were awful yesterday too, and they still couldn't cover the ten. That's how bad the Panthers are right now. Um, offensively, I mean, PJ Walker didn't complete a pass till like the midway through the third quarter, and then he gets hurt. Jacob Eason's coming, and they have a chance to backdoor cover in the end, and then he throws an interception on the goal line, and I'm like, wow, this is a really, really bad team. They, to keep it simple, they suck. <laughs> Yeah, there is no more analysis needed on this other than they're just bad. Oh, my God. Yeah, they're really bad. And I feel bad for P.J. Walker because, again, it's the Spring League uh, enthusiast in me that loves to watch these guys who played in uh, the the XFL or the uh, USFL or or what are the AAF even uh, succeed. But, I mean, P.J. Walker just not given an opportunity. He's already on a bad team. Like, I mean, there's not much more yeah. he can do to, to solve unless he's Cooper Rush. Uh, but Cooper Rush has a better team around him than does P.J. Walker. So, Hey, Rod, what do you think of this game next week? Carolina, Tampa Bay. <laughs> would would it not be hilarious if Carolina goes out and actually beats Tampa? Like, it's a, Yeah, it's in Carolina. The home dogs have been good in the divisional matchups. I mean, but man, it's hard to get behind this team after watching. And then... Your divisional rival, they look awful too. Uh, they struggle to block for Stafford. It seems like Stafford throws two interceptions every single game now. He looks like he's back in Detroit right now, and he's not having a good year. And it's Cooper Cup or bust for them. He's he's spending too much time practicing his pizza pizza line than he is uh, doing anything <laughs> else. What, I mean, look, Moonoff and I talked about it on the propcast: death taxes, Matthew Stafford interceptions. That was the one. Yes. That was my best bet for the for the propcast, and it definitely cashed early. Didn't have to wait for that one at all. So, yeah, and that one turned into a pick six. So even even worse for Matthew Stafford. They got questions too. It's only it's, it's the only way Carolina could score. <laughs> <laughs> hey, take it how you can get it, right? Yeah. Oh man. All right, let's continue on in the NFC West as we talk about the Seattle Seahawks. What guess their record, Ryan? 3 and 3, baby. <laughs> Pete Carroll's got them going. You're right. Hey, put this in the team that's overperforming, competitive, playing hard. Uh, Gino, Gino actually wasn't the star yesterday. The defense finally stepped up 
And I think it says how bad Arizona's offense is, too, that they were only able to manufacture nine points against the Seahawks team that was getting threaded left and right uh, uh, from the past weeks. Well, and that's why they went out and got uh, Robbie Anderson. I'm, uh, that's got to be exactly it. And just they need somebody. They need some help uh, because it's just not working for them. They lost 19-9 to to the Seattle Seahawks. Seattle, three-point underdogs, two-and-a-half-point underdogs, depending on where you found your line. Uh, so another underdog win. But home dog, to be honest with you, that that's where this was mm-hmm. at. Obviously, the under di- or the under was the king of the day in this instance, uh, where fifty one and a half was the was the point total. They reached not barely even half of that. So, uh, yeah, not a good day for overbetters. But still, if you're Seattle, you're three and three. Arizona's now two and four. That West still up in up for grabs. I was going to ask you. You you saw from me. Is Seattle a contender in the NFC West right now with how bad L.A. struggling? And then, obviously, if San Francisco's healthy, they're by far the best team, but they're not healthy. So maybe Seattle's going to be there till the end. They're going to be a thorn in the side. I mean, I, I don't know how much they're going to factor into the overall mix of it, but they are definitely going to be somebody that is a thorn in the side of both the Rams and the Niners going forward. Because, we look, we've seen it. doesn't matter. doesn't matter how good the Niners are. There's something about Seattle, something about Seattle that always seems to present them with a little bit of difficulty, and they're always, it's just, a, and it's the same with the Rams, too. Seattle and L.A. for for the Niners just seem to be like an Achilles heel, so uh, we'll just have to see how they deal with them over the course of the season, but yeah, they're going to be a factor, I'll tell you that. It's, especially because they're one of the few teams that actually has a home field advantage oh, yeah. with that 12th man, so I mean, it, hey, was Russ the problem out there? <laughs> What a question. Look, you see how he's done with with, uh, Denver, and we'll see tonight. Obviously, we we record this on Monday night, so we haven't watched the Monday night football game yet, but I don't have a lot of high hopes for Russell Wilson tonight either, to be honest with you. No, and Pete Carroll seems to be having all sorts of fun not having Russ around, running up and down the sidelines, and his defense is finally getting better. So we'll see. Let's see how the Seahawks team goes does going forward they got the chargers next so interesting one yeah it's going to be definitely interesting and like i said keep an eye on that west because we don't know it, it's it's going to be a wild west if i can uh, steal the, every phrase it's the wild wild west out there this year <laughs> indeed uh all right we're going to come back break the last couple games down and then we're going to look ahead to week nine right if i'm doing my math right no yeah week nine no week eight <laughs> i can't remember yeah, week, week eight, eight. <laughs> Oh, numbers suck. All right, we'll be back after the break. (laughs) We'll finish everything up. But before we do, if you watch football and if you listen to the show, I I know you do. Well, you need Fubo TV. Fubo TV gives you complete coverage of college and pro football with NFL Red Zone plus games in 4K at no extra charge. You get over 100 channels of live sports and entertainment for a fraction of the price of cable. Go ahead and watch on all your devices and never miss a game or an episode of your favorite shows with the included cloud-based DVR+. Plus. No contract, no commitment. You can cancel at any time. And right now, you can try Fubo TV free for seven days and get 15% off your first month. Just go to FuboTV.com slash SGP. That's F-U-B-O-T-V.com slash SGP. There is but one tab open on my computer anymore when it comes to researching these NFL games. Whether it is the odds from across all the major sports books or even the sign-up codes and promotions from across the different sports books so I can get the best deal on them. But player statistics, key game stats, injury reports, projected game day weather, 
It'll probably even tell you exactly what you're going to have for breakfast over the course of the next few weeks. It may not do that, but oddstrader.com is definitely the place to go for everything else that I just said. You get handicapping, play-by-play updates, live scores, bet tracking, player statistics, key game statistics. Everything I'm reading off to you right now is coming from oddstrader.com because that is the one place to go to get everything you need to be the most effective better in the entire world. Make sure you open that tab, bookmark it, or don't ever close it. That's probably a safer bet. Just leave it open all the time. It's the only one you'll ever need, not just for the NFL, but for Canadian football, for the NHL, for soccer, for tennis, for basketball, for baseball, whatever it is. Just go over there right now. OddsTrader.com. OddsTrader.com slash BlueWire. OddsTrader.com slash BlueWire. OddsTrader. It's the number one site for all of your game day bets. Saving the main events for last. A couple of big games killing off the rest of the day. Buffalo, Kansas City. The Buffalo Bills go into Arrowhead, and I'm going to say escape with a win. 24-20. to 20. Uh, They were the three-point favorites, or actually they opened up at one-and-a-half-point favorites, did the Bills. Line closed somewhere around three in some places. Um, but yeah, it doesn't matter because the Bills came up winning 24 to 20 over Kansas City, who honestly, Ryan, Kansas City just looked flat. What a win for Buffalo. I mean, to go back where their season ended back to back years. I know Adam Peltier, editor, is very, very happy. Bills Mafia rolling. It seems like that this is a wagon you don't want to get in front of in. Now they, they've done what they needed to do. They went to Kansas City, took home field from them. They do not need to let up now and drop a game like they did last year with Jacksonville. Finish it off the right way. Get home field advantage. Get it in Buffalo. The The road through the AFC goes through Buffalo. And and that I think those fans will push them over the top and get them to the Super Bowl this year. So, I mean, I, I'm really happy for Buffalo. Josh Allen, that guy's a freak. I mean, there's no other way to put it. He's unbelievable. He's so fun to watch. And it was crazy because at the end of the first half, they get they get the touchdown with 12 seconds, and Mahomes gets the ball back, and everybody remembers 13 seconds. And Mahomes still gets him in field goal range, and Bucker kicks it from 62 yards after missing a month. And honestly, that could have been good from like 70. Oh yeah, easily, easily. I think <laughs> I think the the advanced stat said something to that effect that that was still good for a very long a while. So yeah, and it ended the it ended the half tied at 10. Like that's. And then, even still, at the end of the game, they got down into position again, and right, they, they looked like they were getting close to, to doing something good, and then, of course, Mahomes throws the interception, but, uh, to ice the game away, but, I mean, you almost did leave Mahomes too much time at the end of the game as well. I know. I know. It felt like deja vu, but you know what? The difference this year, Buffalo's got Vaughn Miller. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. And you could definitely tell his his presence, too, just pressuring and putting so much pressure on Mahomes all game long uh sacking him once right twice maybe I, I can't remember exactly how yep. many times he got sacked but uh definitely oh yeah two sacks for Von Miller uh, yeah so and he could have had more oh for sure for sure yeah hey Rod I mean you look at Buffalo's schedule going forward there's not a game on there where they're not going to be at least favored by a touchdown. Maybe at Cincinnati late, they're only favored by, what, three or four? But this is a team that should roll through this and finish, what, maybe 15-2. and two. If not, maybe the rest of their starters get it locked up 14-3. and three. 
the, the like I said, the road through the AFC is going to go through Buffalo at uh, what, what is it? Is Orchard Park? Yeah, Orchard. Yeah, they're yeah. certainly making a case for it. I, I definitely can't count it out. They are looking like a team that knows they're hot and knows that they can beat the best of the of the best. So. Yeah, they're five and one now. Kansas City falls to four and two again. Still not out of it though. They 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 own the West at this point. Um, they just have to make sure that they hang on to that if they want to make another run for the Super Bowl. But yeah, it's gonna be tough. It's gonna be tough sledding for them if they want to go through in the in the playoffs and play Buffalo again. We've never seen Patrick Mahomes on the road in the playoffs. Yeah, you're right. We have. They're always in Kansas City. Wow. Well, maybe maybe they need this. Maybe they need the diversity of being on the road just to to get themselves. Uh, uh, hyped up for another Super Bowl run. I don't know. It's going to be crazy, though. Yeah. Yeah, well, all I know is come, uh, what, the end of January when it's Championship Sunday, oh, we need Chiefs at Bills for the AFC Championship. We need that game one more time. America needs to see exactly that. Well, again, Buffalo coming out uh, victorious on this one, covering the spread for you. Thank goodness for that if you're a spread better. Definitely not an over on this one, though. So just, uh, again, going forward, these battles are going to be intense, so I don't know that we're loading up on the overs on these ones because these defenses are actually pretty good, too. Yeah, no, I mean, like you said, the, the, it was a 24-20 uh, game. Romo called it before the game started, so, it, you, you know, it didn't surprise me at all that it was a defensive matchup because this game has turned into what New England and Indianapolis used to be with Brady and Manning. They're not in the same division, but it basically is a divisional matchup because they play twice a year now, and it seems like they're going to play twice a year forever now because they're just both just going to keep winning their divisions and being matched up with the current scheduling format. Yeah, and it's going to be a fun matchup for for the rest of us to see time and time. I mean, these are what the the greatest rivalries are made of is these type of games right here. So, uh, mm -hmm. going to be a fun one to watch. Well, Ryan, we come to the last game of the weekend. It's not going to be a rivalry that we see for years and years and years, and it is Cooper Rush taking on Jalen Hurts as the Dallas Cowboys fall to the 6-0 and Philadelphia Eagles. I need my Fly Eagles Fly button on here uh, for, for Sean. Uh, but, yeah, 26-17 to the final here. Philadelphia holds serve at home, covering the 5.5-point spread if you found it at that point, and, of course, uh, in some places, 6.5 where it closed. But look, here's the story. Cooper Rush is human, uh, but we knew this going in. We knew he wasn't going to be the the quarterback of the future, but he just needed a hold serve while Dak Prescott was on the mend. Sounds to me like Dak Prescott is closer than ever to coming back, so maybe they do get him back. But Dallas at 4-2 and two without Dak Prescott was impressive enough, uh, and you cannot necessarily fault Cooper Rush for losing this game uh, against the Eagles who just, you, you want to talk about a hot start. We talked about Atlanta coming out to a hot start. Philly did it again. I mean, they've, they've scored 20 points in the first half uh, pretty much most of the season. So they came out doing it again, just hit the gas and never looked back for, uh, for the Eagles. Yeah, and this ends the, I guess, the controversy that everybody wanted to create. Dak Prescott's the guy in Dallas. If you had said a month ago that Cooper Rush was going to come in and go four and one, every Dallas Cowboy fan would have said, "Where do I sign off on that?" Because your hats off to Ka or, uh, Cooper Rush. I mean, he did his job. He won four out of five, and he's put them in a great position where they they're going to be in the playoffs. Now they need Philly to stumble a little bit so that they have a chance to win that division in the rematch come New Year or uh, Christmas Eve they play week 16 when the game's back in Dallas for the Eagles 
they continue to roll the first half, but I don't understand what's wrong with them coming out of the break. It seems like their offense always stalls out in the third quarter. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They always come out to a hot start. Like, it's always 20-some-odd like points. Yeah, and then in the second half, it's just, you know, you're lucky if they can get. In fact, I had um, I had a first-half prop bet of over 20-and-a-half points, uh, basically knowing, and I mean for both teams, but basically knowing that Philly comes out to a hot start and then, like, nothing in the second half. I probably should have had an under for the second half to to, to uh, do that as well. But, yeah, I mean, I, I, I knew that this was going to happen, um, and so I'm, I'm glad that it panned out the way it did, but I'm sure Philly's glad that they were able to hold on to uh, a second half lead or, you know, the first half lead for, for it to beat Dallas. But I mean, look, this is a rivalry that's going to continue on too. And, and, and this is going to factor into the end of the season as well, because when Dallas gets Dak back, they know that they're still a good team and, and maybe Dak would have been the difference against the Eagles, uh, where Cooper rush didn't necessarily, I mean, through two costly interceptions yeah. now kudos to the eagles defense for forcing that but i mean at least both well both of those probably shouldn't have been thrown in and maybe dak prescott pulls that down instead of throwing the ball yeah no cooper rush looked like uh, the undrafted guy that he was supposed to be last night unfortunately and this is the thing with backup quarterbacks is they can catch like taylor heineke in washington they can catch lightning in a bottle for four or five games but then when you get in the big-time games like Philadelphia and prime time on the road, that's when you lean on your guys that you pay $30, $40 million a year. Hey, I'll tell you what. Zeke looked as good as I've seen Zeke look in a while last night. Yeah, he definitely – I mean, look, he wasn't as explosive-explosive as you've seen him in the past, but give him the carries and he was actually doing something with them, which I think – is something we haven't seen in, in a little while out of him as far as just knowing that when you give him the ball, he'll do something. Because it just feels like, I don't know what it is, maybe maybe we're just used to seeing him explode all over the place, but when he doesn't, you feel left let down when he touches the ball and he only gets two or three yards. Yeah, no, and I, I think we're going to see this not only on Christmas Eve, this matchup, but I think we're going to see round three come the playoff time too in January. I agree. I agree. Well, like I said, I mean, it's not much more to say about the Eagles. If they can continue to come out to a gigantic lead and their defense keeps it for them in the second half, they're going to be trouble. And I, I, they will be number one in my power rankings when they come out uh, for sure because how can you not put them there? They're 6-0. and They're the only undefeated team in the league. They're playing hotter than Tampa. They're playing hotter than Green Bay. I mean, they're not playing hotter than, than Buffalo, but – Buffalo is five and one, so they actually. I'm gonna put. Get, I'm gonna put Buffalo. Hopefully, I don't get the pink slip from Sean. <laughs> I've I've avoided it for the last few weeks, so I'm happy about that. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's look ahead to Week Eight. Uh, first of all, let's take a look back at what we did as far as uh, how we did in our early predictions from last week. We did uh, quite well, uh, Rod. We got the Falcons plus 10 at Cincinnati. That's down to six. We took Green Bay minus three and a half. Even with their loss, they're up to five and a half now. The other one we really locked in was Tampa Bay minus five and a half. That's up to 10 and a half, so double the value. And then the other one we jumped on was Tennessee at home as a pick em with Indianapolis. They are now laying two and a half, so we jumped on. I mean, we had four straight, four across the board that uh, moved in our direction. Ah, I love it. See, this is why somebody asked earlier uh, where you can find the look ahead lines. And and look, yes. if you're listening to this, oddstrader.com. 
I'm telling you right now, oddtrader.com is the site to go to get these look ahead lines. They give you all of the different sports books that are out there, and you can actually find uh, week any week you want that that have lines. You know, just just click on the little calendar on the right hand side, and it'll show you all of the lines for for the various weeks. And this is where we're getting our week eight lines uh, for the books that have already published them. So. Um, if you're looking for them, go to oddstrader.com. It's not just the plug for the the sponsor. It literally is the place to go for these lines, and then it'll show you where where to get them. So, Ryan, let's take a look at uh, some of the lines we're jumping on early here. Uh, I, I know there's one that I love, but is it the same one that you love? I see multiple. I'm interested to see where you're going to go. I'll let you lead it off because I see multiple that I want to jump on and our, give our audience some winners out uh, t- more than 10 days before these games are played. The first one that's jumping at me right now is Jacksonville plus six at home against Denver. Yep. Oh, yeah, son, J- jump on that. I already locked that in for us. <laughs> I thank God because that is just a ridiculous. And I'm seeing six and a half in certain places, and so I, I'm even uh-huh. more inclined to do that just because. Look, I get it. I get Jacksonville stole vict or defeat from the jaws of victory this week. But they're not going to do it against Denver. We don't. I, no. Denver as almost a touchdown favorite. Oh no, no, sir. I, I don't like that. I, I love. Give me Jacksonville plus six and a half. Uh, yeah, lock that one in for us. I am all in on that one with you. And I'm looking at Atlanta right now as a pick'em with Carolina. Are you shitting me? <laughs> so I'm locking that one in because there is no way that this Panthers team should be favored against anybody. I mean, so we are going to lock in the Falcons right now as a pick So everybody get in on that one before it jumps. I mean, that thing's going to jump to six or seven. Easily. Easily. And look, I know it seems like we pick Atlanta every week, but we pick Atlanta every week because that's just the way it is. They're 6-0. They're 6-0, <laughs> and, and they're gonna if they're going to continue to get disrespected, we're going to continue to tell you to jump on it because it's just it's not good for business if we're not giving you the best picks. And, uh, you know, whether it's boring – Television or not, Atlanta every single week is the right pick for you. So um, we're going to continue yep. to move on that one. Uh, I'll give you I'll give you one more that I really like that I'm looking at, and that's uh, Miami. They're minus three and a half right now against Detroit. I feel like this line's going to move. I feel like once Tua comes back this week or this coming week and does well and puts Miami at four and three, they're they're going to shift this to maybe five, maybe six. So if you can get this at three and a half right now. Uh, that's definitely good for you uh, to jump on. I like that one as well. I got a couple more. I like uh, Philly minus three and a half at home against Pittsburgh. That thing's going to be close to more than a touchdown, maybe even 10. I know Pittsburgh's feisty as a dog, but still I'll take three and a half with Philly at home. Um, Another one I really like, Rod, is Minnesota's only a one-point favorite against Arizona at home. So, I mean, I'm going to lock that one in as well. And then do you have one more? Because I have one more that I'm seeing in the Sunday night slate if okay. you're looking at the same one. Well, I'll let you have that one because I was looking at that one too. But I think I want my Niners plus four uh, against the Rams. I like that. Yeah, plus four, yeah. plus four and a half against the Rams. I, I mean, I know it's in L.A. And I just got done talking about how L.A. is kind of an Achilles heel for San Fran. But look, the Rams are reeling. Uh, I think San Francisco gets things figured out this week. And I don't think this stays at four and a half. This could even go down to two. Uh, you know, somewhere in that one and a half range after after this week's games, this next week's slate of games. Well, is it really a home game? I mean, the Niners always take over LA whenever they go there. Right. So exactly, 
I'm with you. There's no way you're laying four and a half with these Rams. And then the last one, I got to take Buffalo minus four against Green Bay at home. This is not the same Green Bay team. This thing will probably close, what, you think 10? Well, I, I was thinking more like seven and a half, maybe eight. Yeah, probably. Depending but on what Green so, Bay more does. More than a field goal. Yeah, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll get it before it crosses that crucial seven number. Yep, indeed. So, man, a lot of good values on this slate. I, I love it. You're right. There was almost every single book is like, well, good luck, everybody. We'll see what we're at. <laughs> yep. Hopefully, we, I think we're going to be on the right side. I mean, what we gave out, what, seven just now? I bet we're way on the right side, at least six of them. I think probably all seven. Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. Um, again, these early look ahead lines, they're fun. I, I've never done that before. I've never looked two weeks ahead. Uh, and, and I don't know a lot of people that are, are looking two weeks ahead right now in the industry. So for us to, to give you these lines ahead, I mean, you know, hopefully you're jumping on them and hopefully they've cashed for you a few times because we've done this all season long. So uh, Honestly, it it helped salvage my week because my, my game time ones that I gave out were not very good. But thank God I still had the look ahead lines that kind of middle the middle the road a little bit for me love it i love it. that's what we're here for every single week on the nfl gambling podcast all right ryan as we start to wrap things up why don't uh, you go ahead and let everybody know where they can find you on social media yep at moneyline underscore mac um, in the discord as well hit me up whenever you want to talk some things out throw some uh, props my way see my thoughts i'm more than happy to hear anybody else's thoughts as well always looking to get an edge so yeah over uh, at the NBA pod now with that starting as well, and then the college basketball experience. So go check those guys out and check everybody out and leave a five-star uh, rating and, and leave a comment. Got to love the SGPN, folks. When we dive in, we dive in headlong. We don't just settle for just yes. one thing. We're in it to win it. So, uh, all right, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at RJ Gomez. Link in my bio to everything that I'm swimming in here at the SGPN, whether it's the NASCAR Gambling Podcast the F1 Gambling Podcast, the CFL Gambling Podcast, the PropCast, or here. Uh, of course, all of my work on the Sportsbook Review, as well as in between media. Just find it all. Twitter, at RJ Gomez is that link in the bio that'll take you everywhere you need to go. We'll talk to you again on, well, I'll talk to you again on Monday here. Ryan will be back again with Justin later on in the week on the NFL Gambling Podcast. But of course, make sure to keep it locked in on this feed for all of your NFL uh, gambling needs. Till next time, everybody, have some fun, enjoy your football, and let it ride!